Hello and welcome to the Soul Powered Portal, your portal for all things soul alignment. The reason you would want to align with your soul's path is to unlock all of the prosperity, the abundance, the wealth, the connections, the fulfillment, and the relationships that are your birthright. Each and every episode is infused with the energy and intention to help you create just that, a life that you love. If you have ever asked yourself, why am I here on this earth? What is my purpose? How can I make money doing what I love? And how can I create relationships and connections that are actually fulfilling to me? If you've ever asked yourself any of those questions, then you are in the right place. We are diving deep today and in each episode to help you create your soul-powered life because I believe that when you learn how to do that, truly anything is possible for you. Let's get started. All right, guys, before we dive into today's episode, I have a very special announcement for you. For those of you who want to create more financial freedom in your life, this is for you. I created a special training for those of you who want to move to the next level financially, but are unsure about exactly what's holding you back. This training is called Rise to Riches Using the Align Method. The Align Method is my proven five-step process to help you recognize exactly what it is that's holding you back from reaching your next financial goal, how to exactly let it go, how to normalize and stabilize the new level of success once you get there so that you don't self-sabotage it, okay? So if this sounds like something that you would be interested in, I invite you to come to my training. We're gonna be going over all the things and you are not gonna wanna miss this. So the details are in the show notes. Make sure that you register. This is the only time I will be teaching this class for free and live. So definitely check it out, and I can't wait to see you there. All right, welcome back, you guys, to another episode of the Soul Powered Portal. I am so excited for the guest that I have for you guys today. This is Paris Hodges, and she is a cyclical living guide and root cause protocol consultant, helping women rebalance their cycle to remember the wisdom of their body. Hello, Paris. How are you, my dear? Hello, Rebecca. I'm so, so glad to be here. Thank you. you. Oh, yay. I'm excited that we got to catch up. Paris and I met a few years back at a networking event and we like hit it off immediately and just have been soul sister, soul family ever since. Yeah. It's amazing how you, you remember the people that, that you are meant to walk in this life with. And so Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for you on this journey. Likewise, likewise. And that's what I've been talking a lot about lately with the new rebrand and like the soul, you know, family and all of that. And I just think it's, it really is so true. You just run into people who you're like, yes, I, I've known this person <laughs> for many lifetimes. Like we are soul sisters, we are soul family. And it's like just something that is is undeniable. So I feel that way about you. And I'm so glad that we got to connect too. 
for sure. So I feel like there's so much in this, you know, this rebalancing your cycle and remembering the wisdom of your body. And I know that I've kind of been, of course, watching your journey as you've been growing into this amazing coach, amazing teacher, um, just amazing guide for women, leading them back to the wisdom of their bodies. And I just kind of want to explore a little bit, um, if you want to share with our listeners, like what, what is it that you actually do and how do you help women uh, to be able to be reminded of the wisdom of their bodies? Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And for witnessing me in this journey. Um, I, I think a good place to start is to tell a little bit about my story that even led me to this point, because, you know, you and I met through the world of nutraceutical and like health. And this has been a big passion of mine because from a very young age, I experienced a lot of illness and dis-ease. Um, I mean, from the time that I was, was born, uh, when I was six months old, my body experienced meningitis. And from there, it seemed like this just onslaught of like many different things. Like I, I chronically did not feel well. And, um, on this path of deeper remembering so many other things have come online about this journey in my childhood. I experienced chronic bloody noses as a kid that were like just absolutely nonstop gushing bloody noses. Yeah. And I mean, most people would tell you at that point in time, like, oh yeah, this is just, this is normal. Like it's, it's just allergies. And I was always that, that person that was never satisfied with that response. Like something about it was always telling me there's more to this. And when I, when I got into high school, um, I began down the path of having an eating disorder, which I know, I know now has a lot more to do with the mineral balance piece of it all. But that, that began a journey that took me 16 years. And over the course of that 16 years, um, I experienced miscarriages. I was any type of like label that a person could be given. I like had been the doctors thought I had lupus. They thought I had leukemia. They thought like, I mean, it was just nonstop. My, my collegiate coaches, I ran track and cross country in college. And there was just this ongoing joke that like, Oh, Paris is sick again, type of thing. I mean, that's, that's how common it was when swine flu happened. I had swine flu, like just like everything possible. And, you know, I have a lot better understanding of it all now, which I'll get into later on, but that led me into my dark night of the soul in 2019. And at the beginning of the year, I found out that I had cervical cancer. Luckily it was only stage one. It hadn't gotten to my lymph nodes. So it was easily managed. But the rest of that year, as I walked through what ended up being the most physically, verbally, mentally, uh, emotionally abusive relationship reflective of the one with my own, I was just so sick at this point in time. I like I had pneumonia, just all of the things. And my body was just shutting down completely. And this was though a couple years leading into that, I had began 
um, healing from the eating disorder or disordered eating patterns and stuff that I had, my body was at this point where it was like, girl, if you don't start living on your soul path, like this isn't going to be good. And I hit my ultimate like rock bottom where I had no choice, but to like, start to figure this all out. And I was always really passionate about the health world and very holistic, like something in high school. That's one of the beautiful gifts kind of interwoven into having an eating disorder is that you really do begin to like understand more of what it is that you're putting in your body, at least for myself, because I, my body was my tool as an athlete. I needed to, to really understand that when I was consuming food, like what it was that was going to help benefit me. And I never felt called to the pharmaceutical world. Um, so I was always studying different alternative methods and that, that helped lead me when I hit that rock bottom to be able to like tune in and go like, okay, we need to start making some major changes. You're at this point right now where you can barely like stand and walk and your body is so inflamed. Like we have to start like healing. And so I, I got, I got sober and then, um, it's amazing what that portal will begin to open up for you. And then was led to this, this world of understanding the, the cycle, my menstrual cycle, which had never been taught to me. Right. In scene. Like when you really think about it, um, how many of us are walking around without the knowledge of our most sacred gift. Mm. And that was another really big part of my story is throughout my entire life, like those nosebleeds that I experienced as a child shifted into these incredibly debilitating periods. Mm -hmm. And I had been diagnosed in my early twenties with endometriosis. They told, they told me that it was so bad that I may never be able to conceive and offered me the opportunity to have a hysterectomy at 25 years old. And like, or birth control, those are my two options. You know, it's, it's so interesting because you, you're so right. Like we aren't taught these, like, this is such a big part of our lives as women. And we're just like, oh, it's dirty. It's nasty. You hate that, you know, that part of your life and it's gross and, you know, like just get through it. And I love what you were saying earlier about how you know, your, your soul kind of, cause we kind of brushed over that part, but I, I really felt like that was a message there for the audience. Like your soul was trying to communicate with you. And mm-hmm. it was like, your body is so wise. And I just want to point that out because I think that I always use this analogy of like our soul will give us signs. Our higher self will always give us signs. And we've probably talked about this before, but it shows up first. It's almost like if you're walking down this path, right. And it shows up first as like a little pebble in your way, (laughs) might've been the nosebleeds, right? It's like this little pebble in your way. And then you're just like, Oh, that's nothing. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And then next it's like, now it's a big bigger rock. Right. And it's like, I can jump over that one or walk around it. No big deal. Uh, And eventually it just becomes now this older and it's literally your soul, your higher self, you know, 
basically saying to you, you eat, there's nothing you can do. You cannot pick this up. You can't jump over it. You know, you can't walk around it. You have to figure it out. And ultimately like that kind of sounds like that was your, your path. And I think it's so funny because if we just learned early on to recognize the pebble, yeah, then that would help us to avoid all of these massive dark night of the soul type of events. Right. Oh, completely. But then, but then uh, what fun would that be, Rebecca? <laughs> I got really, so true. got really good at bouldering. <laughs> Just jumping from one boulder to the next. Like, yeah. It's so true, but it's just so reminiscent of that. That's exactly what I thought of as soon as you said that. Cause it's like, and wouldn't it be nice, you know, if we lived in a world, which obviously we're creating, right. That these, these pebbles could be recognized earlier on, you know, something as important as the cycle and how much goes into like being able to learn about your body and the things that are going on in your life. If we were taught these things at a younger age. And so I love that you're bringing this wisdom to the world. So I'm going to let you continue because now you you're on the path of learning a little bit more about the cycle in your story. And um, so I'll, I'll shut up. Yeah, no, but you're so spot on. If, if only we had been taught a lot of this stuff at a younger age, I'm beyond grateful to have this knowledge now, but there were clearly signs from a, like very early on that something was off that my body needed additional support. And, um, any, when COVID happened and everyone went into lockdown, one of the really beautiful gifts of that time was how everything was online. And I found this one woman around this time too. I was working with a coach who was the first person to say like, you should use a, one of those discs or cups because I was experiencing menstrual bleeds so bad that I would go through ultras. Like those are the biggest size tampons, I remember like, this. Yeah. <laughs> less than an hour. And it had never come up in my awareness about cups like before. And, and from that, this was like that entry point. Then suddenly it's like you buy a white car and then all you see on the road are like white cars. <laughs> but I started to work with this one woman, um, that it felt so resonant. She talked about menstrual blood and the womb. And I was like, Whoa, there's, there's something here. There's a deeper remembrance here. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that this path that I've been walking, that's been full of like so much body shame and like shame around the menstrual cycle. I mean, that was me as an athlete. I was told to ignore this thing, like, right. Override your system because you got to perform no matter like what part of your cycle you're in and just plow through it. Act like it doesn't exist. You hate that thing. You know, like you were talking about before, it's like, we're not taught that sacred nature of it all. We're taught that it's a singular event too. Not that every phase is like, you know, so beautifully woven together in the framework that makes us who, who we are. And so, and so that, that work that year just re it triggered this deeper remembrance in me. That's like totally opened up this entire world. And from there, I started to see these small pebbles, like on my path of uh, 
of things of copper calling out to me. I mean, like, this is so weird. Like, I don't know why I keep being drawn to all of this copper stuff. And then like falling away from things like my iron supplements and, um, coming into my awareness was like beef liver and just all of these things that like felt so out of, you know, just hadn't been on my path that I was like, this is what, what more is here. And then that's where I started to have these, um, remembrances of like my youth of those bloody noses. And something told me like, look into this, this keep, it kept coming up, like dig into this more. And then around that time, the work of a man named Morley Robbins fell into my lap. It was really beautiful that an individual that was in that first group container with me, she and I have, she's become a very dear friend of mine. That's really supported me on this journey. And she shared a couple of these podcasts and it was like, everything just clicked. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. (laughs) It was, it was that my body was overrun with iron my whole life. And it's something that we're not taught because we're, we're told that we're anemic And it's actually, we're experiencing an anemia of, um, of chronic inflammation in our systems. And so, so iron isn't being utilized effectively and it just opened this entire floodgate. That's been, once you, once you see it, you can't unsee it. it. Yeah. I know I was told we've connected on the fact that we both had struggled with you know, these eating disorders and, um, these different patterns and things that I struggled with since I was a child, you know, I mean, literally probably, you know, in child at that, at this point, 12, you know, 11, 12, something like that. And yeah, that was one of the first things that I was told when I started to go and try to figure out how to heal from this was that I was anemic. Um, and you know, and that's why I was always, cold. And then I was put on to these different iron supplements and, and different things. And, um, so why is it, (laughs) and I know there's a lot of different things here. Um, but why is it that we are told that we are in need of all of this iron? Like, why do you think that that is? Cause I feel like everybody's on some sort of iron supplement or everyone has, I don't want to say everyone, but a lot of people have struggled with, um, anemia or have been told that they were anemic in the past. Yeah. Well, it depends on what theory you really want to get into. <laughs> this is an open forum. <laughs> we can be, uh, authentic here. What's really interesting to understand about the greater picture of this all is like starting in the 1940s, they began fortifying our food with iron and then beginning in the early 1970s, they upped that amount by 50% despite how many doctors came forward that they had originally wanted to up it by 75%. And then because so many doctors came forward, they like lowered it to only 50%. So when we're looking at this picture too, inorganic iron filings have been added into our food and in our water systems, um, since the 1940s. And yet we're telling all of these people that their bodies are, mm-hmm. are not, you know, utilizing that iron somehow that we're all anemic. Realistically, the problem is, is that iron needs to be chaperoned around the body by copper. And the real problem is that we are all 
copper deficient Mm. because we also don't have enough retinol in our, in our diets because, um, it was Eisenhower, I believe that had had, he ended up having eight heart attacks, but after his first heart attack is when there was this big push for the American public to all go on low fat diets. And so we started to push all of these like PUFA polyunsaturated fats by like margarine and don't eat fat. Like this was a really big thing pushed on, on everyone. And so we started lowering our liver's ability to load one of the most essential, um, antioxidants that our body creates called ceruloplasmin. And it is a copper dependent enzyme. And this is what helps chaperone iron around the body. And so this entire cascade, and then we can get into even, even more, like we have to get outside in the sun to help utilize this, this retinol. And where are most of us, most of the time we're in office buildings, we're in schools, we're at home, we have artificial lights. We're surrounded by blue light, like the whole entire cascade of, of, ways that we've been set up, um, to deplete our stores, um, you know, is we've been arbitraged by this for like such a long time. It's unbelievably fascinating. So, you know, is this what this was all stemming from? So all of the health situations that you were dealing with from the time that you were a child, would you say that that is what the main, or, or I guess all of these different things that you've listed already, was that contributing to that? And then, um, what was that journey like of unbecoming all of those things or healing, healing your body, healing yourself? And what did you like, what steps did you take? I know there's the whole root, the root cause protocol and you don't, you know, just kind of overview of that. Yeah, of course. Great, great question. So when we look at like the human body, when we are in our mom and gestating, um, we are down during the last eight weeks in utero, we are downloaded with 10% of our mother's mineral makeup. And so that foundation, you know, sets the groundwork for how it is we're able to move through the world. A couple different contributing factors for me and my body is like, I am the third in my family. My mom experienced three miscarriages prior to my birth. So there was already like a clear mineral deficiency that was like occurring for her. And then on top of it, um, you know, it was really popular at the time to put kids on formula important thing to understand about formula. It is fortified with iron, which mom breast milk doesn't have. So at six weeks old, I started being formula fed. And then on top of it, around that time, they started giving me rice cereal too in a bottle, which is really crazy to think, but that's what the pediatrician was telling them to do. You know, it's not their, their fault, but I didn't receive all of those really necessary nutrients that an individual needs to set up a strong foundation. And so one of the ways that our body will offload this unbound iron, because it's always trying to protect us because it's brilliant like that is I would experience those gushing bloody noses. And 
one of the things to understand too, about the body is like when we had histamine reactions, like allergies, quote unquote, histamine is metabolized by a copper dependent enzyme. So if, if you're having histamine reactions, then it means that there is a lack of copper in the body. Wow. That's really interesting because I just want to add one thing with that. Like it has me thinking about like the family line in my, my family. And I'm the second oldest, but my mom had seven of us and Mm -hmm. it was my youngest brother. He's the only one who has like consistent nosebleeds. We never understood why, but like she had four miscarriages. Um, And then she, well, she had three and then she had my oldest brother. And then she had one more, I think after me somewhere in there. Um, But so technically she's had 11 pregnancies. Um, And so that would actually make a whole lot of sense, but we never really understood why, you know, she did breastfeed all of the kids, but that would make a lot of sense. Like he's probably been very deficient, like from the time that he, you know, and just even from that. Right. And she also went back to work by the time he was, um, you know, like she, she breastfed him for the least amount of time, put it that way. So that actually, it's interesting to see how it plays out like in real life. Yeah. And it's, it's really fascinating. And like at no fault to even your mom, like by the time that your youngest brother was born a lot, a lot of this impact of like the glyphosate in the food system, like she was minerally depleted. I mean, she's had six kids already, you know, it's in the, the endogenous stress experienced in the creation of a human is equivalent to climbing Mount Everest. Like we don't talk about even that enough. It's a mineral it's a magnesium deficient state, which is also like our bodies are so magnesium deficient because that is the first thing to be burned up in any stressful event. And we need that to make our mitochondria function. And we we've gotten to this place where we've hyper normalized all of these symptoms of mineral deficiency, especially like in postpartum women, we, or even when they're pregnant, we, you know, glorify things like pregnancy brain, or we don't talk about the fact that that hair loss that you experience around eight weeks or four months, roughly, I forget what, what it is now, but that's, that's a sign of a mineral deficiency. So we've gotten, we've gotten into this place culturally where we, we've hyper-normalized feeling like crap. And so we don't pause long enough to go like, Hey, what is this actually showing me? You know, like your brother's bleeds. It's the pebbles, right? Yep. They're all pebbles. Hello. If we would just, but again, it's no fault of, you know, society. Like this is what we were taught. We weren't taught to, you know, necessarily recognize these symptoms. We were just like, Oh, okay. You know, that's normal. Um, that should be happening. And you're like, wait, (laughs) what? Um, And then also, you know, if it's not normal and it shouldn't be happening, here's something to take to cover it up. Not really actually worrying about, okay, what's causing this? You know, and I think more and more people such as yourself and other individuals are really coming out and wanting to learn that, like what's really actually going on here, because there's a reason that the body isn't functioning properly. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but oh, no, you're, that's like a really good 
point just for those who are listening, when you're having these things that are coming up potentially in your life, you know, instead of, like you said, just normalizing, I should be feeling like crap. Um, maybe asking the question, like, like you said, what is this trying to communicate to me? Our bodies are very, very wise. Yeah. And even deeper than that question is like, what is this protecting? Because the other thing about this too, that becomes like the, the bigger picture of looking at how our bodies are functioning is iron holds this frequency of fear and where there's fear in the body, there is going to be an overload of iron. And, you know, what iron helps do is it helps regulate oxygen. And when we don't have copper to properly chaperone these things, then we, we get the creation of oxidative stress because, you know, iron and oxygen just create, create that they create rust in the world. The other thing though, that iron holds the frequency of is strength. And when we have these copper deficient, like societies that we've existed in, it's, we're calling on all of this iron, come be strong in this place where I'm feeling this fear. And there's this becomes this greater breakdown and to get, to take this even more spiritual levels is iron has iron is, um, in the alchemy world is connected to Mars, which is the like divine masculine Yes. and copper makes so much sense. Right. It's just strong as iron. Like everything that you hear about the iron. Yeah. And copper is connected to Venus, which is the divine feminine. And so like when we, Oh, yep. I'm still here. Can you hear me? is that the estrogen is elevated. So it can, it can look like maybe not super high levels of estrogen, but either way, estrogen is a backup antioxidant. So when ceruloplasmin isn't available, estrogen jumps in to try to help chaperone iron around. Mm -hmm. However, iron and estrogen together, they build things in the body. So that's how we end up experiencing things like endometriosis when we look at this too, on a spiritual level, what we begin to understand is there's a lot of lack of boundaries for individuals who have things like endometriosis. Well, I'll talk about myself. Cause I'm not going to 
to label everyone as such. But like, for me, like that was how I existed. I wouldn't have known a boundary if it slapped me in the face. And anytime that it did, it was like a really like harsh reality. (laughs) And, and that was that energy. Like I was like, so fixated on trying to fix everything outside of myself that my body was replicating that on the internal system. And so we have this, like this maiden energy too. Like when we start to understand how this poetry is really playing out inside of our bodies, like from the cyclical sense, because our estrogen rises during our follicular cycle, which is our internal spring, which is that, that youthful time. You're full of so many ideas, like in a business, that's a great time to start to like plan, plan things out. However, I have found that a lot of people get stuck in that maiden period of time, that inner spring, because we are at, you know, culturally we don't understand or have yet to really like hold the sacredness of death. And so we're unable to cross these thresholds that are built into our system because when we go into our ovulatory phase and then start to cross that threshold into our luteal phase, when we have that deeper sacredness of truth and that more like mother energy, we haven't yet been taught because, you know, we don't exist in a society that culturally like celebrates these initiatory phases that we're supposed to walk through that we end up getting hyper fixated and stuck in that follicular phase, which is where all of that estrogen is running amok. So you see so many individuals walking around with this estrogen dominance. And it's largely because we're not able to get, allow ourselves into that luteal phase and then to walk with reverence into the death period of like our, our actual period, our, the, the menses, our menstruation to touch the blood because we are so afraid of death. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like my sister and I had this conversation a while back and I'm like, they make death so scary in society. Like think about Halloween and all of the, you know, the, the scary movies and everything about death is so scary. And it's made to be like from this place of fear. And you're, I think one of the first people that ever said to me that like death is necessary and it's, it's beautiful in the sense that like, you know, obviously we have grieving to do when someone passes away. But I mean, if you think about the way that nature works, like, yes, things need to die. And so that others can be reborn. Mm -hmm. And I'll just, I'll never forget that conversation that we had because that was around the time when all this, you know, was like COVID stuff was happening and it was just a very fear ridden time. Um, and I think that, yeah, society definitely has us in this place of fear. Um, I want to touch on though, too, cause you brought up these four different stages and you've touched on them a little bit. And this again was very eye-opening for me when you walked me through these different phases can we talk a little bit more about those for the, the women who maybe don't know what each stage of the, the cycle looks like, um, maybe some of the gifts and some of the shadows? I loved when you shared that with me. Some of the gifts and some of the shadows of each of the four um, stages of the cycle. 
<laughs> yeah, beautiful question. So our follicular phase is the first phase right after we bleed. So it's approximately day six to roughly like day 12, day 13, leading into when we would ovulate. And some of the gifts of that phase is you have this renewed energy. Again, it's that internal spring. So what do we think of like when we see spring? It's like all of the frost is slowly melting. You have all these flowers blooming. You're full of possibility and potentiality. I mean, that's when we start to see, you know, babies beginning to like be born. It's, it's that really beautiful time. Some of the shadows of that is is that that energy can sometimes feel a little destabilizing or we really get fixated on this like hurriness, this rush, this, you know, let's think about it in the sense of how we've conditioned ourselves to, to reach for coffee all the time, to overrun our systems. Like we don't want to start slow. We want to already be at the finish line. We want to have been healed yesterday. It's like, but there is a slowness to spring because you don't just lickety split walk out of winter. Like there is a slow melt of the snow. Oh, I love that. And I got chills because I think that's where I'm feeling like I am right now. <laughs> and you guys, you know, know that I've been on this hiatus for um, five months, like even in my business. And when we think about these different cycles, obviously it's monthly, right. But these are seasons of our life as well. Right. Uh, so it's just interesting. And, you know, this can be down to like daily. So, you know, we have like literally cycles daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, you know, and it's so important to be able to recognize that. And when you think about it, like I was having this conversation with my shaman, um, a couple of weeks back, and I'll, I'll let you continue with the different cycles, but this just tied right in. And she said how, you know, a lot of her clients and just a lot of people in, you know, in general that she'd been kind of communicating with during the winter time, they get very nervous um, because maybe the things in their business have slowed down or other things have really slowed down. Like this was just very real over the last winter. And, you know, she was compelled to, to record a whole you know, training on this. Like guys, when we actually look at what is winter, right? Like it's the time of hibernation. It's the time of, you know, reflection. It's being able to really be in that space. And so it's just so interesting to see how it's all parallel and how important it is to really be able to honor these different stages. Um, it's just so it's, it's very, uh, very spot on for me right now too. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. I love that all. Um, and so from the follicular follicular phase, we go into the, the ovulatory phase, which would be when we are ovulating. So you have that mature follicle releases the egg because this is the main event actually, that if we are going to be bringing life into this world, that hopefully that that egg is going to be like in, able to implant because a sperm has like swam into it. So what we experience during that ovulatory phase, because our body wants us to procreate is that our rise in our hormones makes 
make us look more symmetrical. Uh, we have a little bit more of this like fullness to us because that is what will attract a, another mate. We tend to be a lot better at um, interactions with others. So if you're scheduling any type of meetings or interviews, like during your ovulatory phase is a great time to do that because you're a lot more of a people person. You're a lot more outgoing. You you're going to take more of those like risks, like during that time. It's a great what time. What days are these? So th thank you. This is approximately day 13, day 14 to day like 18, 19, because okay. it's a, it's a really short window of when you would be able to conceive. And these are all approximate yeah. days. They, you know, range for people depending on what's happening inside of their body, but in that like perfect archetype you use that word perfect loosely in that archetype of the menstrual cycle, that would be approximately when it would be. So that's the summer then. Yep. That is that okay, summer. Right, cool. when we think of the summer, like, what do you want to do? You want to go out and be in the sun. You're like in your bathing suit. Like everything is like just hot and amazing. Hopefully you're going to have some hot and amazing sex, but this is when we are like really living into our desire. This is a really important part of this because when we look at how we nourish ourselves to our ability to have like a well satiated body and thus a like flexible nervous system which means that we are metabolically sound means that we're really in touch with our pleasure because if we are metabolically sound, one of the ways of being able to tell that is that we have a robust, um, sexual desire. Like, you know, we're not supposed to be like pushing sex away all the time. Not that we're supposed to be like having, I mean, I don't know. I think <laughs> sex all the time. That we meet God on deeper levels. Um, but really coming into that, that ability to live into our desire because our desire is part of how we co-create with the universe. Okay. So part of the, there's two different like shadows here, but we can see either we are so out of touch with our pleasure and desire that we're unable to, to create with the universe because we're unable to receive like, this is a, this is where we get some of that maiden energy too, that estro estrogen dominant energy, like where she's too afraid. She needs to control everything. She's unable to like cross into this threshold of bringing life into the world. And this, this too is reflective of how we're then able to bring our desires, like birth anything through our bodies. Like it's not just life that we're trying to birth. It's any creation. Cause that is what we do in a feminine, feminine system. Great. Uh, I love it. And then one of the, the other sides of that is like being too over the top with the desire if that makes sense. It's like, there's no moderation. It's just this full engulfment of like, oh, well, I'm going to eat like 50 cakes. Like I can't stop at one bite. Like it's this over overindulgence because that time is really amazing too. like to tap into that ovulatory phase. Like you feel fantastic. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, like who doesn't like that? Like your ability to attract and receive is it's amazing, but we have, 
we have to allow it to just exist within that little time frame and then walk into our luteal phase, which comes next, mm-hmm. uh, which is what we've hyper pathologized as like the, the premenstrual phase. Like it's this wild, crazy, you know, what do you think of when somebody says premenstrual, like women, like <laughs> us, <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, over the top. Yeah. Anxious. Unfortunately though, the way that it's actually supposed to be in a body that is well supported to create progesterone is there is a deep level of trust and truth that comes through because Mm -hmm. progesterone is that frequency of trust in the universe. And that is what the luteal phase is supposed to be about. It is the it's autumn. It is the harvest. It is the time where we let things begin to start to die and anything that no longer serves us, that is no longer needed can go away. And so this is, you know, there's other people that feel it's like this time of the inner critic, but really what I, what I believe is that it is getting us more aligned with our deeper truth. And the reason why we end up with a lot of, you know, women that get viewed as really moody and stuff is because I believe we have so many women not living in alignment with their greater truth or in able to touch that truth where it exists in their body. So their body starts like there's the pebbles. Wow. And our luteal phase is like that pebbled period of time of how in touch with your truth, how much can you trust that you are being guided in the right direction? Mm. That is so interesting because <laughs> it does make sense. Yeah. And the more that I've walked into this deeper alignment with my soul and what my soul is calling for, I don't find that I have, you know, these, these different of course I have these different stages, but in this phase, like, I don't, I don't feel myself getting frustrated like I used to, or, you know, even having the thought, oh, you know, my period must be coming up. Like I used to feel that way all the time because that would make a lot of sense is that's again, another pebble that's just showing you where you're out of alignment. And man, is it powerful when you can actually ask the right questions during different phases of time. So what, so this is like what days would you say the cycle that this luteal phase is? This is approximately day 19 to day 21, um, until you begin your bleed. Okay. All right. So, you know, and this luteal phase would be the phase that one would stay in if they were to be pregnant. So like what will, what we will see here too, on, um, other levels is that our our basal body temperature will rise because you're trying to incubate an egg. And so your metabolism picks up. This is why people think that they, or feel that they become more hungry during this time, which then we've pathologized as this, like, oh yeah, I'm just eating all of this food. Like, yeah, because your metabolism has picked up. (laughs) Okay. So then I guess uh, just a deeper question before we go into um, the last phase, of course, which is of course, when we bleed. Um, so if somebody is pregnant, they stay in this luteal phase. 
Um, what are some tips that you have for women who are in that phase if they are struggling with that? You know, they talk about the crazy hormones and the craziness, and you're, you know, all like the the brain fog and all of the different things that come along with being pregnant. Um, the mood swings. You know, what are some of the ways that someone can navigate that? if they're staying in this luteal phase, because I feel like just as I'm hearing you talk about that, um, there's a little bit of like, oh, shoot. <laughs> like, so how do you navigate that nine months yeah. worth of like potential moodiness if you don't, yeah. aren't staying true to yourself or what, what would that look like? Um, one really important thing that I like to bring into awareness is that I believe a lot of this world can often be very reactionary when what it is that we're supposed to be look like how to support the system is before we need it. Mm. So how are you actually honoring every phase prior to be able to set you yourself up for success Ooh. in that, in that phase. And so this preconception period of time is so important and, you know, it's really important in general, like from any level, like, how are you setting that foundation up? So first and foremost, if somebody's not already in that point where they're, they're like, you know, in that reactionary stage, it's like, first and for, foremost, set yourself up for success by nourishing yourself with magnesium and making sure you're getting enough retinol and copper rich foods which would still be what I would share with an individual who is experiencing a lot of these different clearly imbalanced, you know, symptoms of the body asking for support and magnesium is going to be really important because pregnancy is a magnesium deficient state. Um, getting plenty of retinol and, you know, saturated fats is super necessary to nourish the body and copper rich foods to be able to support that all. But it's also having the mindset of our fertility is how we are able to gestate our dreams in this existence. Mm. And how are we supporting that on a daily basis rather than like, you know, I'm already in this hole. How do I get myself out of it? Yeah. which is really reflective of a lot of my life. So, you know, this is something yeah. that I experience and walk through all the time. And it, when you start to see that, that greater picture of our cells play out the poetry of our external world too, it becomes this really beautiful understanding of how we then nourish ourselves from that place. Hmm. Yeah. That's, it's just also fascinating. Honestly, <laughs> I, I could like talk to you about this stuff forever and we have, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So super helpful for the pregnancy. Cause I, as soon as you said that, I was just like, okay, not that I'm anticipating having any more children. Um, I have a 16 year old, you know, so don't know that that would be the case, but it just was like, okay, how do you, how do you prepare? How do you make sure that, and I love that really just taking the time you know, beforehand and making sure that you're listening to your body. These are all just signals to be listening to your body, right. And making sure that you're doing the things that, um, you know, you're recognizing, right. Just like we do in any other area of our lives. It's like when something is off, 
just listening. That's been such a huge, huge uh, thing that I've been working through as well over the last couple of years. So that leads us to the last phase, of course, which is, um, you know, when we, so I'll let you go into that. It's our, it's our menstrual phase, our inner winter. It's when we, we walk into that bleed and most cycles should range between 28, 31, sometimes a little longer depending on what's going on. I I feel like there's this hyper-normalization of common things there. I really do believe that we are supposed to be in alignment with the moon between 28, 29 and a half days. So the 30, 31 range should be ideal. Um, but sometimes people can have a little bit longer depending on what is what's happening in their system. But then we walk into our bleed and that begins day one of the next cycle. And this is how we set the groundwork for how we will function for that entire next cycle. And it's, how are you able to rest? Mm -hmm. How are you able to hold this bleed with reverence? How are you able to greet it in a way with gratitude because many of us in in my experience many of us haven't been taught that this blood this elixir that flows from us is beautiful yeah and it's not only beautiful it's sacred it was the original shamanic journey Mm -hmm. on top of it you know anytime that our cervix opens we are able to be more in alignment and touch that other side. That is where life comes in and out of, you know, our, the cervix is such a magical portal and anytime that it's open, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I know like how I've come in deeper alignment with this, um, during my ovulatory and bleeding phases is like your psychic abilities, like the Mm -hmm. stuff that that connection to source is like, whew, yeah, crazy. Yeah. And it, and it makes so much sense because yeah. When, when other times in your life, does that opening occur? It's like when you're birthing a child through, you know, like you're bringing life into the world. I mean, when else is that, are you that close yeah. to creation? Right. Twice a month, twice yeah. a month when you are. <laughs> That's what I mean. But like, yeah. when up, you know, that those are the, those are the times. Right. Yeah. And I know that I worked with you on, um, healing from some things because I had, uh, just for a little backstory, like I had a birth control that was the copper IUD. And I started working with Paris on healing some things when I got that removed. Cause I didn't have, uh, a period for six months, you know, because it was really something that my body was trying to heal from being in this place of, you know, birth control is, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, there's a lot that, that occurs, I think, um, that maybe I wasn't necessarily aware of, uh, and yeah. it's, it's very much so normalized to be able to, you know, to take these different, um, medicines and have these different things, um, going on to prevent birth. Um, 
but nobody talks necessarily or not as many people are talking about the things that could occur on the other side of that and the damage that we could be potentially doing to our bodies. So I was working with Paris to really heal from that um, because I wasn't having a, I wasn't having this twice a month, um, (laughs) you know, period of time where I was connected to source and um, wasn't ovulating and and wasn't experiencing my menstruation cycle either. Um, So I felt very, very, very disconnected, which made so much sense when we came back to why and through doing some things with the root cause protocol and through Paris's um, coaching, I was able to come back to having normal, you know, cycles again. Um, and that was, yeah, that was very, very interesting to see how all of that played out. Um, so thank you. And when we look at the like really beautiful picture of the cycle that you just walked into where your body was like, I need to hibernate. Mm. Like what you really, you know, that was like your inner winter that you needed to go and rebuild and restore. And that is something that we, in, in my experience, we haven't been taught. I was never taught this. I'll speak from, from my personal experience. I was never taught how to slow down, how to pause, that I was even worthy of that. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many beautiful little nuggets when we start to like peel away the layers of out external conditioning that we've been told and just all of the ways that it impacts how we show up in the world, how we're able to receive like that relationship with pleasure. How are you able to receive? How are you even able to receive in your, in your menses? Like when you are bleeding, are you able to pause enough to ask for help? Mm. You know, and we're not, you're so right. Like going back to being when you, you know, you were a child and you're told to just push through this, like that's society. And I think like speaking to the inner winter, you know, that I just went through too, um, that was really just healing from an entire lifetime of like functional burnout, you know, and especially in my adulthood. And it's like, we aren't, we aren't taught to honor that, that sacred time or to rest and to receive and to step into that feminine. Um, we're, we're just not in a society where that's glorified, you know, what's glorified is like you said, pushing through and, you know, and, and just hustling and grinding and you keep going and who cares, you know, like, (laughs) it's just so crazy. Once you, like you said, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you actually start to wake up to what's really going on, it's like, no, I get to rest. I get to do all of these things. I get to honor this sacred cycle. I get to heal and I still receive. Yeah. Like even, even just that understanding of like really holding that sacred alchemical process with the reverence that it really deserves. And like, just feeling like you, that, that, river is beautiful, that this womb space is beautiful, that you're able to even touch it, to look at it, to smell it, to taste it, like any of that type of stuff, like is so important to being able to peel away those layers of shame that are held in our body. And like more of the, the bigger picture of this too, like some of the shadow aspects of that menstrual time, if we're not able to pause and to like restore ourselves, then we continue to overrun our systems. And then we're consistently pouring from an empty cup. Mm. And 
And then we go into that burnout, the adrenal burnout. And so like, then that's where we're starting from in this next phase of the cycle. So when we're looking at this entire picture and you're like, oh no, I haven't paused. I haven't slowed down. I haven't allowed myself rest. And then you're just trying to like plow through yourself. Well, then your adrenals are going to shut down and our adrenals are in constant communication with our ovaries. And when we see a lot of individuals with, um, cysts, like common cysts in their, their ovaries, like polycystic syndrome, ovarian syndrome, um, there is a self-protection mechanism within that because the calcium will leave the cell to begin to protect it because there's, you know, there's no magnesium and it's trying to like, to help, to make sure that all of this exhaust that's building up that, you know, these cells aren't going to be mutated. And, you know, it's a self-protection mechanism because it's like, you're not slowing down. So I'm going to start to protect you because like, I can't release and can't walk through these different thresholds. Oh my God. It's so, it just runs so deep. And I think that when you start to recognize like the way you do one thing is the way you do anything. And it's, it's, you start to really pull on these threads and that's definitely what I've been doing over the last couple of years too. And, and like being introduced to work like yours and, you know, just the different people that I've been learning from, I'm like, my God, it's all so intertwined. Mm -hmm. Every aspect of this, when you start to pull on these threads, it's like, oh my gosh, you know? So I would love to just kind of uh, ask for someone who's really just getting started on this journey. You know, we talk about this being the soul powered portal, how you can really come back to your soul. And that, that has to do with the body as well. Right. And these different spiritual practices, like if someone were really just getting started on this journey of like coming back to their body and the wisdom of their cycle and all of this, what would you say is the the piece of advice that you would give to them on where to get started diving. Obviously this podcast has been, um, absolutely. It's just mind blowing in terms of value. So this is a really good place to start, but what would you say is uh, a piece of advice that you would give to someone who's really just starting this journey? Learn to track your cycle. Like if that's something that you don't do learn to track your cycle and all of the phases of your cycle to me, cycle and body literacy are spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that as a foundation, quite honestly, everything else doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You're trying to build a ship with rotting wood, but gold plated nails. And if you are unable to actually understand the beautiful poetry woven into your entire system, which then is the frequency that you're existing at. And like what it is that your body's even telling you, like nothing else matters. You can take as many supplements, you can do as many nutrition plans, but if you don't even have that type of foundation to tell me like today where it is in your cycle that you are. Yeah. Then to me, like everything else is just kind of pointless. Yeah. And I saw you make a post. I don't even know. It was a few weeks back and it was just such a good reminder. Cause it said, you said, if you can't tell me what phase of the cycle that you're in as a feminine essence being, then that's where you need to start. It's not hiring the next coach. It's not figuring out the next strategy. It's not any of 
where are you in your cycle? Because it is such a spiritual thing. And it was just a good reminder. And I track and do all this now because of you <laughs> and, your, and your, you know, teachings and your coaching and your help and support and all of this. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been life-changing and anytime things are out of whack and I'm not feeling well, or I feel off, or I feel this or that I'm tired, you know, I'm all, that's one of the first things that I go back to, if not the first, in most cases, you know, I'll make sure, okay, am I hungry? Am I, you know, thirsty? Okay. What phase of my cycle am I in? It's really like that, you know, that foundational and, and we do need to be checking in with our bodies. I mean, why, why are we not taught to do that? It's crazy. Right. So it's just that beautiful reminder that we, our bodies are so, so, so wise. And even like learning all of the different techniques that I have and the mind body connection and like learning from Dr. Matt and, you know, the NLP, like, it's crazy because it is, it's also intertwined and all of the things that we're telling ourselves on a daily basis, all the things that we're doing on a daily basis. Like it's all, these are all messages that our body's trying to send us as yeah. to, you know, the things that are coming into our bodies and um, the things that we're doing as to whether or not they're serving us, you know, and starting with those foundations of making sure that we're taking care of ourselves and our cycle. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's so important because this is how we begin to alchemize because then we can start from that foundation to add things in, to begin to like build the framework of the house. So that when we do stuff like any of the, you know, the, like Dr. Matt stuff, like the stuff that you've done with me and everything, we have a longer lasting impact because when we, we begin to understand the cycle and then nourish ourselves from that place of like, oh, I need my mitochondria to function better so that I can end up producing progesterone. So I can ovulate, you know, like this entire cycle, how our minerals play out, like impacts our entire thought process too. Like, this is a really important part in, you know, like, for example, the Abraham Hicks world, like that's missing is that our mineral status is going to impact our ability to then like have thoughts that even allow us to, to feel available to the abundance that is all around us because our minerals control our enzymes, our enzymes control our hormones and our hormones control how we think and perceive the world around us. So I whatever that I've heard <laughs> yeah. you say that so many times. I so I many times. I'm going to have it tattooed. It's so true though. It's such a good reminder, but it's such an important reminder because we can end up in these hooks and these patterns that are just actual reflections of our internal system and how we're able to let go of those stories, like things that you and I have worked on, like that you've worked on with me as I've been remineralizing my body, like in needing to support it, to release stuff like my unworthiness stories, like how I'm able to receive with the world. Like there is, there's so much there, but we really need to understand our cycle and how we're existing in that framework and then begin nourishing from that place. Hmm. I love that. That's so good. So as we are wrapping up, I really want to give our listeners an opportunity to connect with you more deeply. Um, So 
can you share with us where do you hang out most on the internet and what's like what's next for you if somebody wanted to work with you wanted to learn more about how to do this on a deeper level what you know how would they do that yeah i love hanging out on instagram uh, it's just like the one place where i i always return back to me too yeah uh, there's just something about it and i'm usually on my stories that's where you can find a lot of information that i share um, I do some different Q and A's like as offerings for people. Um, if an individual starts to feel really called to want to do work with me, booking a discovery call to see if there's alignment where we can share what you're experiencing. And if, if it's the right fit, then we move forward. I work with people in three month containers to really get that strong foundation built. So then you can have the tools to begin to like tune in and listen to yourselves more. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And that's how we, we ended up working together and it was just so powerful. So I highly, highly, highly recommend, um, checking out Paris, Paris's page. I'll link everything in the show notes and I'm always in your stories and watching all the Q and A's and just like learning from you and the wisdom that you bring into this world is just unparalleled. I just, I appreciate you. I appreciate the time that you've spent here today. Do you have any last words for our listeners today as we wrap up? Trust yourself. Mm. Trust yourself. That, that is like my foundation that I tried to bring people back to. Because I think it's really easy in today's world to become inundated with all of the information that's outside of ourselves and your body already knows the way and you can heal anything that you want. Mm, I love that. Perfect way to end it. Thank you so much for your time today, Paris. I appreciate you. I love you. And I'm so glad we got the opportunity to do this. I love you too. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Awesome. Guys, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Hey, Soul Family, thank you so much for tuning in to the entire episode today. I know your most valuable asset is your time, and so I thank you for spending time with me each and every episode. I appreciate you, and because of that, I love to hear what resonates most with you about our conversations. So please connect with me on social media if you're not already and share your biggest takeaways. I love to hear it. It helps me to keep the good stuff coming. And it also allows for me to know that the work that I'm putting out there in the world resonates and that you are stepping one step closer to your soul powered life as a result of our time together. So thank you again. Can't wait to see you in the next episode and we'll talk soon. Bye.